Hey everybody, Dan from the lab here. Just wanted to make a quick announcement. I would, I don't want to make this routine. However, uh, I have some exciting news. D&D Character Lab has launched a little bit of merchandise. Uh, you can find the link on the bottom of each one of our blog posts on our website, which is at dndcharacterlab.com. We feature some ability score shirts that have the box with the modifier and the score. Uh, you can get that on a dog bandana, on a shirt, on a coffee mug, on a phone case, all sorts of cool stuff. So so please go ahead and check that out. Every single purchase benefits the show and allows us to expand our brand and uh, keep making content for all of you to enjoy. So we would really appreciate you giving that a visit. Uh, and without further ado, on with the show. Welcome to the D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast. With your hosts, Karen and Dan. Alright, welcome to the D&D Character Lab, a show based around the one thing we as players cannot resist. That is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week, we each bring a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content and scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to prove to one another that our baby is best. Alright, Garen. Well, as... We all know you are Garen and I am Dan. I am aware. So this week, uh, as we discussed last week, we have suddenly rich characters that at level four. They fall into this mountain of wealth. I feel like we have a mountain of wealth as well. I'm, I feel very fortunate to be here today with you to be able to do this show. Are you buttering me up? No, I'm winning. Okay, you but are. But I'm having a blast. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. We have such cool support. It was awesome to get to do that Cobalt promo. We hope to have more things like that again in the future. But we have created this fantastical wealth for our characters this week. And both of these level four, so fresh, just a couple of sessions into the world. And they already have this mountain of gold. Yeah, and, and we really have to go over the good backstory on how they came about this. So I'm interested to see what you have. Tell me, where did this guy get this money, Dan? Okay, so I'm going to introduce you to Imlock. That's all. One he name. Is, yeah, like one name. Like Seal and Cher. Imlock, he is a level four monk. He is a drow elf. Oh, drow. Oh, drow elf. So he grew up very poor, and actually uh, his parents abandoned him. Yeah, orphan. But he was placed into a work camp in the Underdark. He ended up running away at a very young age, and then just kind of was begging in the streets just to survive. He was always very jealous of those in the Underdark, such as the deep gnomes and the drow royalty that had many precious jewels and gems. However, being a lowly urchin of, of the gutter of the Underdark, he was just scraping copper pieces to get by, and uh, he became very hungry for wealth. Sure. Understandably so. And he left the Underdark eventually to pursue a profession because he felt like he could, you know, get out there, learn something. He was an ambitious fellow. Like be uh, a baker. Yeah, you know, carpenter or something, you know? Uh-huh. Well, he was ended up being blinded by the sun when he got out there as a draw, a draw elf. I They're mean, not he, good in the light. No, no. And he let out just this almighty shriek and this booming bolt of sun-filled energy just emitted from him and it alarmed passersby and 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 he knew that he could be a skilled gun for hire because he felt that he could harness this energy and emit it at any time and so uh he felt like he could be a gun for hire for armed robberies and while in Waterdeep, uh imlock paired with a band of just low lives who ended up 
robbing local merchants and restaurants. They were known as the Red Brands. You may be familiar. Mm. While with them, he uh, he did make some wealth, but you know he wasn't the main man on the totem pole. Their chieftain was getting a, a majority of the. There's a trickle down effect. Sure, of yeah. course. You know, you get your piece. Yeah, and uh, he learned to be during his time. He was, he became proficient with a bow, um, and he also was prof- became proficient in unarmed striking. In a fantasy heist, are there casualties, or do they try to minimize casualties? Uh, no, he, he was a murderer. So he would just go in and just murder everybody, and then they take the money? Well, of course they would go in, try to uh, intimidate people, you know, d- tell everybody that we were here, you know. But if anybody put up a fight, they, he was not afraid to kill them. But eventually he got tired of this. He got tired of this life. He got tired of uh, not getting what he was owed. Mm-hmm. He ended up in a nighttime attack, sweeping through and killing the chieftain and anyone that would not follow his command and took the majority of the tr- of the uh, lion's share of the treasure that the chieftain had in his home, which was in the sum of 10,000 gold pieces. Wow, exactly. He, now be- he then became a fugitive, was on the run, and ran into you know, the merchant capital of uh, Waterdeep and uh, went to a jeweler due to his fondness for the jewels that... You know, he, he remembered the drought royalty in the Underdark having. And he blew his money on two rings. <laughs> yeah, he, he ran out of that 10,000 gold. Did he get buried. pinky rings? Like, so he could yeah, well, have, a, have a nice symmetrical look? He, he has them on his ring fingers, but, uh, you know, he thought he could get a little bit more for his money, but that is not the case. And so that is the story of Imlock. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about Menog Sweet Touch. I'm sorry, what? Menog... Sweet touch. Sweet touch? Sweet touch. I don't like that. Because he is a, or cleric. I don't like Of this. the life domain. I don't like his he name. He is bringing life to those around him. He is an envoy. He's an orc that has a last name, Sweet Touch? Yes, because orcs tend to have names that pertain to their personalities. Oh, God, and I don't like this. <laughs> Man on Sweet Touch is an envoy from a large orc tribe. He was sent with their, uh, like a dowry for a for a peace offering between them and the local lordship to try to bring peace between their warring clans. They sent 10,000 gold with him to as a peace offering to the lord to try and uh, work some diplomacy, okay? So he goes to the city, but when he gets to the city, he does not talk about the gold that he has. He says that they only offer their honesty and their peace and their defense of the realm in the name of the lord, and he works his way in with the higher society of the Lord. Now, you may be asking yourself, why did Menog Sweet Touch not tell them about the 10,000 gold? Because he is not Menog Sweet Touch of the life domain. He is Lubhock Spine Dancer of a rival tribe to the tribe that he represented. He is a vicious warrior, a Tempest cleric, that infiltrated the other tribe as this docile little sweet baby cleric and, and, and sent himself as the ambassador spent all the gold on a whole bunch of equipment so him and his tribe could get inside the city, take that over, destroy that, then go back out and take over the rival tribe. Can I ask you, what is his persona when he's sweet-touched? Well, orcs are very gruff. Yeah, sure. But I mean, he, you're, he not, you're not... He softens it the most he can, so it's like, this wine is lovely. The notes dance off my tongue. Oh, so he's basically a millennial orc. Is what he would have you believe. He is really a yeah, vicious warrior. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But I'm yeah. saying his persona is uh, that of a millennial orc. You know, likes cold brew coffee, appreciates, you know, fine wines and craft beer. And he rides a, a fixed gear carriage. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 
you sold it well. I'm still disturbed. And if you even argue anything with Smooth Operator under that persona, I'm not allowing it because I don't know what kind of Smooth Operator I'm it is with such Sweet a, Touch. I'm getting such a plus two on Smooth Operator. All right, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, so as we said, 10,000 gold pieces. We bought some items. Uh -huh. Let's go right into melee combat. What do you have? For a melee, I'm getting a plus two because Lovehawk Spine Dancer wields a bloodthirsty great axe. This is a rare weapon that I took from the second Warlock issue from Cobalt Press. It is a blood weapon. You wish you had this for your last guy. This bloodthirsty weapon has inscriptions on the side and a coppery scent off it. When it hits for the 1d12 damage, because it's a two-handed weapon, it also does 2d6 damage from blood loss. If it misses a creature that is previously injured, they still take 2d6 because it draws the blood from their body even though it missed hitting them. Whoa. So that is 1d12 plus 2d6 plus 4 strength. How much was that? That was that was a rare weapon. We used page 130 in the Dungeon Master's Guide where what you could sell your items for, so it'd be 50 for a common, 500 for an uncommon, and 5,000 for a rare, and that was 5,000 gold. Correct. Okay, so... That's that a was, plus 2. That was a 5,000... Um, yeah, at a level 4, that is unheard of damage. And there's, there's no way that this weapon can be taken away There's or no avoided saves. Or, it's okay a, it's a weapon yeah right okay it's a magic weapon with it's, it's huge power i love it plus two. a level four character should not be wielding it i love it i love that you also carried cobalt content into this episode illegal but awesome i just i was making a bad dude and they had these blood items yeah i got another one later you're gonna love it that was superb i'm gonna argue plus one so you don't seem confident at all well unarmed strike but but he's martial artist right right so plus four to hit 1d4 plus two twice Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm bringing to the table. Whoa. Uh, yeah, but, you know, hey. Ki-yay! No, no, you tried that on Cloud. And, and it I, didn't work. Your listen, Ki-yay didn't work Im on Cloud. Imlock, you know. I'm surprised you brought another low-level monk to the table. Well, Cloud performed this, horribly at level three. I love monks. I know you do. And you're playing a cleric, so shut up. <laughs> that's a bad boy cleric. You get a zero. That's it? You get a zero. You're, what is your damage output? You know, max per turn. It's a maximum of 12. I can do 28. Yeah, that's insane, but you used a magic Zero. item. So yeah, we're, you know, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll cross other bridges. All right, so you can tell me about your range, though. Do you have range? Sure. you have deflect missiles? Yeah, I do have deflect missiles. I know this. Uh, but I also... We are learning. You guys see this? We're learning these things. I, I do uh, also have... I'm arguing a plus two. Plus four to hit on a short bow. 1d6 plus two. And uh, I got some range spells, but I'm not going to bring them in right now. So that's what I'm going to argue at the moment. You're arguing a plus two. No. What? Yeah. A longbow and no, deflect short, missiles? Short, short bow. A short bow and deflect missiles? Yeah. That's a, I'll give you a plus one. Sure. I'll take it. What's your dex? Plus two. Okay, appropriate. All right. Yeah, 15 All right. dex total. All right. Okay, so I am arguing a plus two on ranged as well. Okay. Because I have a javelin of lightning. This was a uncommon magic item that I bought. The javelin of lightning, when thrown forming a five foot wide extends 120 feet. Creatures must make a DC 13 deck save or take four D6 lightning damage on failed, half as much on a successful. If I hit a creature with it, they take the javelin damage plus the four D6. Is this a one-time use weapon? No. So what if you can't recover this thing? Then I then I waste it, but I would go and recover it. So, no, no, let me, let me tell you this. You roll a one. What? You, if you roll a one, this thing is... Potentially, you throw it. If I roll a into one a right now, I'll take a minus two on ranged. Uh, we're not going to do that yet. But I'm what I'm. I won't even is... waste my roll. This will be a bonus roll. Sure. 
I rolled a natural 20. Well, we're not going to go there. So I could so give a plus two me, on rage. No, absolutely not. No, we're, you can't just implement new rolls. No. So You agreed to this roll. That's a nat 20 right there. Oh, great. Good for you. Basically, what I'm saying is you, if you roll a one and this thing ends up in a tree, not yeah. only did you not hit, but your entire ranged argument is null and void. So because this is contingent upon you recovering this weapon in order for you to repeat this attack, I cannot in good faith say that you earned a plus two. Is I that, also is that have a light crossbow, but he uses it as a club because he thinks crossbows are stupid. Is that right? Yeah, I wrote all the stats for using it as a club. Wow, dumb. He doesn't even have a quill? I mean, like nothing? Quiver? Nothing? No, he doesn't even carry the bolts for it. If, if for some reason he doesn't have his bloodthirsty great axe, he will beat someone to death with his light crossbow. Okay, this is easy zero. Okay. <laughs> That's just dumb. It's so stupid. He, All right. He has terrible decks. <laughs> he thinks light crossbows are for the birds. So dumb. Okay, so burninating. This is going to be probably where we're strong. So what do you have? I have Thunder Wave, Shatter. I have the Cantrip Sacred Flame, which is a ranged spell attack for 1d8. I also have Wrath of the Storm and Mantle of Blood Vengeance. Now, Mantle of... I don't think we've ever covered Wrath of the Storm. What is that spell? Do you know? Oh, that is one of my Tempest Cleric abilities. Okay. It is 2d8 thunder damage when I take damage from a melee attack. Ah. It's a rebuke. Yeah, wonderful. And I can only use it equal to my Wisdom modifier, so I can actually only use it once per long rest. Okay. Which I'll get to that later. But I also have Mantle of Blood Vengeance, which is an uncommon item that I also took from the Warlock book, where I wear a red silk cloak. And I can visit Retribution on any creature that dares to spill my blood. When I take slashing, piercing, or necrotic damage from a creature, I use my reaction to turn my blood into punishing spray. You would have loved this for your blood-spraying eye vampire. I agree. The creature must make a DC 13 deck save or take 2d8 acid damage, half as much on a successful. The cloak has three charges, and it regains 1d3 charges at I mean, dawn. I really don't agree with that being an uncommon item. That is so rare. So rare. Isn't that great, though? It's a great, it's a great item. It's a great item, but dang. That's really overpowered for under, so under, uncommon. I can have a plus two on burninating? Yeah, then? yeah. That's some pretty high damage. Yeah, insane for an uncommon item, though. Okay, so I'm going to argue a plus two. So here's where... Here's where the 10,000 gold come into play. So not only do I have this Radiant Sunbolt that I said, you know, as, as one of my abilities, it's basically a 30-foot ranged attack, uh, which I'm proficient in, and then it basically sends this bolt towards somebody. It's 1d4 plus 2 damage. Then I can expend a key point and then uh, basically take two more attacks if I wanted to. I get four key points at this monk level of four, so that's an option. But anyway, I have that. I have... I got the Ring of Spell Storing. It's a rare mm. it's a rare item. So now, where anybody in my party can cast a spell at level 1 through 5, and as long as they are touching the ring while they cast this spell, this this ring will store the spell within it. Uh, and it can do up to it can store up to 5 spells. Actually, it can store 1d6 minus 1 level of spells stored in it as determined by the DM. Once you have used the spell. So basically, when they touch, you, you, it gets stored in there, and then you can cast that spell. Uh-huh. And the exact same modifiers as the person at end level that the person that cast it. It's basically going to duplicate that spell. So you're able to cast it. Okay? So you're soaking up sweet spells from your boys. Sure. Probably about five of them. Uh-huh. And anywhere between, you know, levels one and five. And then I can basically spit them back out, and uh, then once that spell is spent... It's one-time use, so it opens up a slot. And but the, the ring never runs out of use. Correct. And also, 
It's not subject to spell slots. So Sorry. right. So you basically can use this as many spells as you got in there. So you can just kind of use it. And it's a game changer. So burninating, yeah, that's plus two. But the other ring he has is the Ring of the Ram. He didn't know this when he bought it. But it has three charges, plus seven to attack, and then a head of a ram. <laughs> a spectral head of a ram just fabricates. And it can give out 2d10 force damage on a successful attack, and it pushes enemies five feet away. That's it, cool. It's you, so you, cool. cool you, money well spent there, Dan. Two very cool spells. <laughs> uh, this two guy, very cool rings. Yeah, I mean, this guy, I mean, he, he just went from rags to riches. Basically, every lotto winner that you've heard of, how they just blow their dough and mm -hmm. on foolish crap. Yeah. That's what he did. He, he, and he did it both in the burninating category. So, But um, if he puts his hands in his pockets, you never know where any of this stuff went. Yes. And also, because of the ambiguity of the uh, <laughs> spell storing ring, it will be coming up several times throughout oh, this argument and it's going to be very it's basically hard your whole argument <laughs> i get it now i see so anyways that's I, an easy plus two uh, yeah yeah that's an easy plus two okay so go ahead and go into control uh i'm gonna argue a plus one got the ring of the ram which pushes the guys pushes the sure. guys and also probably scares the living daylights out of people because the spectral head of a ram it's giant uh -huh. and then i have the unarmored unarmored movement which allows me to move you know with mm -hmm. 40 40 feet and then of course I put plus four to something. I don't know what. But then, of course, I have the ring that can store all these okay, spells. Okay, you're only going to get so many points off well, that Well, I ring. mean, I can do. you can do any control yeah, spell Yeah, I get, I get how this works. So I'm arguing a plus one. I mean, it, it just it's absolutely applicable. You can't say it's not. But the ring of the ram is not that fantastic for a control situation. Well, it only it moves them five yeah. feet. Mm -hmm. That's not a lot. But the ability to cast any spell that anybody in your party has is pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you already got your plus, your easy plus two, and that was all you had was these rings. No, no, I also had Radiant Sunbolt, Ring of the Ram, and this story. No one was talking about your Radiant Sunbolt. No one cares about your little, your little son. Oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a shout out to Crit Academy here. They themed this on one of their episodes as uh, Ryu from Street Fighter, when you know he just does that Ryuken. That totally is what this is. It's a Hadouken. That's Ryuken. Oh, if I could take a point away from you, I would. For those of you listening, it's a Hadouken. No. We, let's let Twitter decide this. It's, it's, it's Ryuken. All right, anyway, plus one. Easy. No. What? Zero. No, 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 no. The, the, the ability for any spell to come into play, you cannot downplay Yeah, and you this. can't get a point on every single category because of that. Yes, I can because I spent 5,000 gold pieces on this and I only got two items. I'm going to tell you something. You want me to roll? Yes. Absolutely. No problem. What's your charisma? Oh, 15, plus two. Bad. Yes. All right, get your 15. 17. Ah, All right. Get your plus one. Yeah, let's do it. For control, I am arguing a zero. I have fog cloud and gust of wind. I thought that was going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I also have gust of wind. I also that can push a person ten feet with your five foot ram ring. That's a gust. A gust of. I've never been in a gust. Hey, listen. I've ridden out two hurricanes here in Florida. Never. You've never stood outside. It would have gusted you. It probably would. You would have been gusted. I think you're about to get gusted on this control here. You would have been only listening to Guster. Yeah. <laughs> you're arguing a what? Zero. No, you yes. have two things. I also have light and thaumaturgy if you need me. <laughs> Those are very distracting. Smooth operator. Smooth operator. Those are very distracting. You get a minus one. Zero. No, you have fog cloud and and you have a gust of wind. Fog cloud is very obscuring. It actually provides disadvantage on attacks. I know that, and it's great battlefield control, but it's one spell, as opposed Fine. to the you know many spells. That Let I me cast. talk about my tank then. Yes, go ahead. I have an AC of eighteen. Yeah, I'm wearing full plate. Yep. I have forty four hit points. Yeah. 
I have the Destructive Wrath and the Wrath of the Storm, which yeah, go, also... Yeah, go no further. You have a plus two. Thank yeah. you. At a level four, you're a tank. That is very strong. You are a tank. So... But, but Sweet Touch isn't. Everyone thinks Sweet Touch is just a big soft boy. So they don't see those muscles. So here's the what thing. What are you doing? Here's the thing about that. So I have slow fall. So uh -huh. if, if I fall, I basically don't fall. You don't take damage, really. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I have Magic Missile, you know, on a ranged attack. Not going to take damage. You mean basically. deflect missiles? Yeah, yeah, ma ma yeah. Not magic missile, deflect <laughs> missile. I apologize. And then I, you know, I have that AC of twelve. And then I've also got an AC HP of, of no. I have an HP of thirty-six. So minus two. I said AC of twelve, and then HP of thirty-six. Minus one. I'll give you minus one. No, because you, I do have things that reduce damage. One. I do. This is level four. This is only slow fall. Correct. Any damage slow in fall, combat, slow you are fall not and deflect missiles, which a deflect missile on a ranged attack is extremely relevant. And also, if I roll higher than the damage, but you have an AC of twelve. Your but melee, I, no, your but melee. If I, listen, if on a ranged attack, ranged I roll spell attacks higher, are very easy to hit you. No, but if on a ranged attack, on a short bow, anything like that, if they, so I'm facing a ranger, they they hit me, and I roll higher than the damage output, I deflect it and I use it as a reaction and an attack. I think it's an easy zero. Okay. All right. Anyways. Anyways. What do you do for your friends? So I don't do anything for my friends. So you don't like your friends? Minus two. Minus Nothing two. for my friends. I mean, you know, I was, I'm just a poor boy. Nobody loves me. What is this guy like? This guy. Oh, he's he's very slippery. He's he's a thief. He's a criminal. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're just very foolish. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that. <laughs> I have for my friends. I have resistance. I can give them a one d four to their to their what was to their what. To their what? Pause for Google. Uh, I was just talking about how we learned all these things. <laughs> Resistance allows me to add one d4 to a saving throw for my friend. So if something's coming up, I can, as a action, give them sure. a chance. Okay. So what do you got? Anything else? Minus one. Yeah, that's. Fair. I have something. That's fair, and it's and it's you know it's level four, and, and it's you a have pretty nothing. good pretty good ability. So for balance, I'm gonna argue a plus one. I'm gonna run through the numbers: strength of thirteen, dex of fifteen, constitution of thirteen, intelligence of thirteen. Wisdom of eight, not wise because he spent all of his money, uh, and charisma of fifteen. Nothing, nothing too, nothing too impressive there. All thirteens and fifteens, except for the wisdom. I have proficiency in four things, including plus four in acrobatics, plus one in perception, plus four in sleight of hand, plus four in stealth, and also at proficiency in strength and dex saving throws. So I'm arguing a plus one. He's not wise, but he doesn't need to be. He's a monk. I give you a zero. No, no. Look at all right. So a monk is strength. And dex based, basically. And those are just and then, okay. And he's got high charisma. They're good, not great. They're good, not great. Yeah, he's getting a plus one. All right, then I'm also getting a plus one. Okay, what do you got? I have a strength of 19, dex of 8, con of 16, intelligence of 8, wisdom of 10, charisma of 16. Now, my spellcasting modifier is wisdom, and I only have a wisdom of 10. So I basically have nothing going on in my spellcasting modifier. Because here's how Lubhock Spine Dancer views his religion as a Tempest Cleric. He's like one of those guys that only goes to church on, church on Christmas and Easter. He's like, okay. this is great. My God great grants me, great this storm figure. God grants me additional I think, spells. I think this is all great flavor that you're adding, but this is about balance. Uh -huh. And you cast spells and you asked for a plus two on burninating. However, your balance sucks. Your spell casting modifier is awful. And so you, my friend, get a negative one. Zero. You get a negative I one. I have a strength of 19, a con of 16, and a charisma you're, of 16. You're a cleric. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this is not... I am a, I am a tanky, because part of being a cleric is being in battle and tanky. I have no healing spells, by the way. 
This guy does not care about healing. He's just in this, it. For this the is hurts. the worst cleric ever, and he goes to. He basically does. This is a value. chaotic evil cleric. He well, okay, and hates everybody. And I'm neutral evil, so it, yeah, we have two evil characters again. This is not balanced. I, I, I think you need to get a negative one. This is my, this is my least balanced character. <laughs> yeah, ever this made. is so terrible. I, I, I willingly admit this guy is horribly imbalanced. Let me talk to you about smooth operator though, because here's what I did. <laughs> I took the actor feat. Oh, cool, yeah, yeah. So I get a plus one to charisma. I get advantage on persuasion and deception when trying to pass off to someone else, like Menog Sweet Touch. Right. And if I can hear a voice for a minute, I can mimic it. It's an insight versus my deception check. So I have a plus five to charisma saving throws, three on deception, five on intimidation, three on performance, five on persuasion. And so that's advantage on deception and persuasion. I also have the rope of climbing which is a magic rope that extends and retracts back to me so I can use it to work my way around situations. I also have the Thaumaturgy spell, which is uh, distracting, kind of illusionary if I wanted to make a sound or, or a movement off in the distance. I think I deserve a one on this because I really invested my feet in this situation. Um, yeah, and you're going to have to roll for this. Okay. Yep. All right, I got to get a 15. and But my charisma is a plus three. That's good. Good for you. Oh, that hurt. Roll to seven. You are getting a zero. This guy's really falling apart. What about I, you? I'm going to argue a plus one. I have proficiency in stealth, sleight of hand, acrobatics, and I also have a plus two to charisma. Not to mention he can move a little bit faster than uh, the average Joe. That combined with acrobatics is pretty cool. And I'll just sprinkle in that ring. Any spell that you know he wants to use for that, uh, he can ask his friend to just cast it in there. Oh, no, no, not the spell. No, the, come on. All right, the well, then plus, plus one off of what I mentioned. I just sprinkled the ring in, uh, you know, just, I, hey, kiss the ring. I think this K is a kiss, zero. Kiss this the is, ring. This is a zero. Kiss That's the not ring. a very impressive. Kiss the ring. I'm not kissing your hands. Kiss the There's, ring. You're not even wearing a ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I have, you know, I have the stealth, sleight of hand, and acrobatics proficiencies, all of them. How's being, your charisma? Oh, it's a 15. Yeah. Um, a yeah, plus I'll, one? Yeah, all, all right. All, all right, of these right. things being plus four when they're proficient. So, and then the ring is just added flavor. So aggressive charisma. I wrote down. <laughs> what did you write down? I wrote down ram ring. That's all you wrote. You're getting. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. Well, use so ram ring on two categories already. Well, okay, but it's pretty intimidating. You're gonna bring a spectral ram head. I now mind you, Garrett, you spent your ten thousand dollars very wisely. My guy has two things and. We are going to recycle a lot of this stuff because they are relevant in a lot of these categories. So a spectral head appearing and ramming through a door and pushing somebody five feet, that's pretty intimidating. That's pretty crazy. Also, he's a drow elf. People know that they are, they tend to be evil. They tend to be mm -hmm. pretty, okay. Also, plus three in uh, strength saving throws. Now, yeah. what are you trying to get? Um, I have put down a plus one. And how do you feel about that? I think do you think you deserve a plus one? You tell me. Do you think you deserve a plus one in your heart? I think it's a zero. I think it's a zero. Okay. You don't even get that right. What do you get? I have the dust of sneezing and choking. What? That's one of the things I bought. I throw some dust up in the air, and you got to do a DC 15 con save, or you start sneezing and choking Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, to clarify, you're bringing this into the spitting fire category? Yes. Sneezing and choking? Yes. If I'm in a situation and I want to get out of it, boom, dust what, around everybody. What happens everybody. in sneezing and choking? What are the mechanics of sneezing You're and choking? You're incapacitated and you start suffering, so suffocating. What's the save? DC 15 con. Okay, yeah. I also have the bag of tricks, Gray, so I can cast animals out of the bag, random animals. But what if, what if it's not a very intimidating animal? It's still a wild animal in a room. Okay, cool. Good <laughs> argument, right? <laughs>
Uh, I have the powerful build where I can carry things larger than my than myself. Not intimidating. <laughs> just just impressive, honestly. <laughs> Gets out of a situation. Uh, and I also have Thunder Wave. Yeah, and Thunder Shatter. Wave. Thunder Wave and Shatter. I think yeah. I get a plus one. Yep. All right. Could have gotten a plus two. Um, so Stop. anyway. Really? No, nope, you wrote it down. So All right. anyway. Dan, why would anyone want to play... What's his name? Imlock. Imlock. So he is kind of the rags to riches story. Um, I think we all can kind of relate on this when, you know, you, you fall in a little bit of cash and uh, you spend it just on just stupid things. He didn't even know what this was. He just liked jewelry and then found out that these things had powers. But he is a little bit evil, a uh, little bit standoffish kind of guy. Um, so if you ever want to play a Drow elf, I think this, you know, is an interesting iteration of the Drow. They definitely are not optimized to be monks, but it's an interesting take. Mm -hmm. Okay, what do you got? Inter speaking of interesting takes, I made my least optimized character ever. If you want to play the worst cleric you possibly could, who doesn't even believe in being a cleric, uh, I'll tell you this. <laughs> He doesn't even know the name of his god. Really? No. He, he knows it's a storm god. It's a chaotic evil god. They probably want him dead. So that's probably going to play into it too. I'm going to roll a perception check. I think this is a front. I this think is that, not No, I think, I think his true identity is a front. I roll think he really is. Check. I think it really is sweet touch. You rolled it too. Well, I'm not very perceptive, but I have a feeling. You're convinced. Yeah. Because does he have a mustache? Just a little mustache? Yes. He's got a Fu Manchu. Oh. He's spine dancer. He yeah. stomps on the backs of his enemies. Uh-huh. He loves to slaughter. Okay. And that's why you should play this guy. He's a fun guy. And Dan, I got terrible news for you. What? First streak of the show. Okay. I won again. Five to four. Okay. Wow. I have got a two-point lead on you now. I can't believe you won with the absolute least optimized character I've ever heard. But... Well, you played a low-level monk, and those guys are terrible. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> I think a monk has got to be at least level five or six to be confident. So next week, we are sticking with the theme of uh, magic items. We are doing a max attunement episode where uh, we are going to each get three items that must be attuned and make the best of it. So let's go ahead and roll for the level. BT Dubs, I was max attuned this week. Yeah. You let, you let it happen. Back-to-back -back max attunes. And we're rolling for the level 12. So that's what it'll be. All right. So thank you for joining us for episode 14 of the D&D &D Character Lab. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you. If you want to follow us on Twitter, if you want to check out our website, we are creating new content every week. Uh, and always, uh, I'm Dan. And I'm Garen. Remember, it doesn't have to be optimized. It just has to be fun. Have a good week, guys. has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DND Character Lab or shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.